You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every other day, I guess. Happy hump day. My name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of WholeNineSports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Dan Mullen's recent contract, a very recent contract extension. Uh, I'll go through Josh Gardner's idea about my personal list for Florida's most hated rivals, which is really just the Florida rivals that I hate the most, just because like I wanted to just talk trash about them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so I, I took a little... Uh, Take a little detour there. And in the spirit of the position you series we're doing here at Locked On, I'll give my take on the other possible winners if Florida does not win running back you. Uh, before we get started, though, there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week. And that is Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Dan Mullen's contract extension, which was huge. Uh, keep in mind the main thing that matters when we're talking about college football contract extensions, uh, the buyout. That's that's the main thing that really solidifies things. You know, in the NFL, when people sign a contract extension, usually you can guarantee they'll be there until the end unless they get fired and fail. But that's not really what uh, what happens in college too often, especially at these big schools like Florida. Um, the main thing to worry about is that buyout. And so this deal now made Dan Mullen the third highest paid head coach in the SEC, which is huge. Um, only behind, I believe, is Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron. He makes $7.6 million annually, and that also makes him the fifth highest paid head coach in the nation, which is insane. And it's just like that SEC money just hit different. Because uh, Dan Mullen now with that $7.6 mil. Oh, he make money money now. <laughs> That is, of course, that's that's what matters more than anything else uh, for him. I guess for us, we care more about the buyout. The extension does give him a contract through 2027. Although, again, I'm not sure that he'll still be a Gator by then, just because like NFL money is gonna come calling, right? Um, so he does have that contract through 2027. His buyout clause is $2 million, which is on the lower end for just all of college football, really. So he's got a pretty easy buyout option, which I don't know if, I don't know if that was like, he wanted that. So if he wants to jump ship to the NFL, that's something that can happen pretty easily. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's why they did that. I don't know if Florida just didn't want to give him a fat buyout. I don't know if he just wanted to keep it simple. I don't 
I don't know what it was, but I mean, I'm, and I, <laughs> I'm happy and sad about it because like I'm happy because Dan Mullen can then go to the NFL pretty much whenever he wants. An NFL team is not going to say that they won't pay two million dollars. Uh, that's that's not something to be concerned about. So that that's one thing where it's like good for him, but also a little sad because this means that it's much more likely that he could jump ship whenever he wants and there's really nothing that anyone can do to keep him here unless they just throw buckets of money at him which uh i would do but i don't think that that's i I don't think that's what's going to happen uh if he does get for some reason fired by florida uh the university would owe dan mullen 12.5 million dollars or the remainder of his contract, whichever is the lower of the two. So, yeah, maximum he's getting is $12.5 million, which, I mean, <laughs> if you get fired and you can walk away with $12.5 million, congratulations, I guess. Like, good for you. Take a vacation because now you've got plenty of free time. Um, and then, yeah, if he gets fired later on in the, in the uh, contract, he'll get paid, like, if he gets fired like his last year, he'll get seven point six million. If he gets fired before that, it should be twelve point five million. Of course, we'll probably see another extension. That is one thing that we always see in college football: it's just extension after extension. That it just keeps happening. I know one of the reasons is because how a lot of contracts work with college football and uh, specifically coaching when the head coach gets a raise the assistants usually then get a raise so that that's one big thing here that a, a good deal of assistants probably got a raise which is awesome because it's like looking out for your guys i know that uh nick saban with alabama of course and matt campbell with iowa state last their last contract extension led to some pretty penny uh raises for a lot of their assistants so i'm assuming that over time we'll uh We'll hear more about that happening with Florida. But, I mean, again, when you're talking about this as a fan viewpoint, analyst viewpoint, whatever it is you want to do, that buyout is probably the biggest thing that we have to be concerned about, the biggest thing we should care about, um, especially when you're, at, when you're at a successful program. Like, if you're at, like, uh, Tennessee or Kentucky, you don't really have to worry about that too much. But uh, that that you should probably care more about what happens if they get fired. But uh, <laughs> when you're talking about a successful program and a big program, that buyout is very important. I know that there are some coaches with like I, I think there are coaches with like over twenty million, which is just wild stuff. But Dan Mullen, the two million is very generous, very awesome, and. I it honestly just got me even more pumped for this upcoming season. As we build anticipation for the season, let's start building our bodies too. I'm sorry, but I have to actually get on that more because it's summer, baby. Um, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion coconut brownie chunk. Personally, though, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy, and like we know that that's just that that's just how i do it right at this point we get that's how i get down uh if you're trying to eat clean but you've got a sweet tooth like i absolutely do you don't even want to know 
the things that I've eaten in the past week. It's it's terrible. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Uh, this is like, this is just one of the fun bits that I get to do. Thanks Josh Gardner for the idea where he said that he just wants to hear pretty much hear me riff on, uh, my most hated Florida rivals. I'm going to start off with Florida state because I absolutely despise them with, with just an unreal passion. (laughs) I'll say that I hate Florida state so much, especially like, I know like two or three florida state fans that i live near and they are the worst because again i'm in new york city now um they they are the worst so i hate them and uh and yeah florida state just everything about florida state has been just awful in my opinion the only uh, the only thing they do that could stand is not even the tomahawk chop just like the song that goes with it is catchy, I guess. But even then, like you're gross. I hate I hate the Seminoles. Um, second on the list, I put Georgia, just because they are just a huge rivalry game every year. It, it's something that I mean I love when we play Georgia. I personally think it's always a uh, not gonna I'm gonna say always a fun game. But it's always a game that I'm entertained by, at least. Like, Georgia plays, like, Smash Mouth football and Florida. I mean, I mean, they've struggled against the run a little bit in recent memory. But uh, for the most part, we, we've been solid here recently. So, yeah, I said for the most part. I'm going to leave it at that one. Uh, but, you know, I, I hate Georgia. I love the rivalry game we have. Uh, and uh, they're just, they're so overrated every year. It's, it's terrible. Like, I get their record's always good because they can run the ball and play defense. Like they're generally as a just complete football team, they're not that great and they never are. Uh, I'm gonna keep that one right there. Third is LSU. Um, my main reason for putting that is thanks to Dylan Sanders and Ross Jackson of Dylan and Ross Save Sports on Full Press Radio. Um, they are both LSU fans. Dylan is one of the most frustrating human beings on the planet. Um, incredibly annoying LSU fans. So LSU's up there. It's also, I mean, they, they're they usually about on par with us, at least over the past decade or so. Like Our teams tend to be good when the other is also good. At least that's how it feels for me. Um I can't wait for someone to pull up the rankings and show that I'm wrong. But, you know, L- LSU is is up there now, especially because with just knowing Dylan and Ross and getting involved with Saints stuff and, uh, and, and just all the LSU fans that I see on my timeline now, the, you guys suck. They are under, there's any LSU fan, like, in the car with a Gator fan listening or working, whatever it is, just know. You suck if you're an LSU fan. So you got Florida State, Georgia, and LSU as the top three here. Next 
Tennessee. Uh, I wanted to put them higher just because I feel like Florida and Tennessee are always, always, always talking trash to each other. But I had a real difficult time putting Tennessee as a top three rival for Florida. And like, it's not that I think they're an awful program, even though they are. It's not that I think they're an awful football team, even though they are. Uh, It's not that I think they're overrated, even though they're terrible, even though they are. It's more like, how am I supposed to consider you a top three rival and have you as one of my most passionately hated teams? If you've beaten the Florida Gators once since 2005, like, you're a joke at that point. And I'm not even sorry for saying that. If you have a Tennessee listener, you suck too. Um, (laughs) I just want to point that out. I I just, Tennessee is one of those teams where a lot of people make it out to be this huge thing. But I can't make you top three if you can't beat Florida consistently. Or even like, more often than once every 16 years like nah not at all last up i have alabama as my number five team there uh we don't play them enough for me to hate them passionately year round the years we do play though i'm i'm all in i want nothing more than to beat alabama uh i know one alabama fan around here and he is just insufferable so that that's one of the reasons that they're up here um if you can tell not a lot of uh not a lot of love loss between the the non-gators fans that i know up here um but you know we simply don't play them enough for me to be passionately heated and passionately to hate them year round at least as a rival of florida um i do hate them just as a team that they're always seemingly so good and that their fan base is one of yeah yeah i'll say one of the most obnoxious fan bases around um so that's one of the reasons that they're up there but when we do get to play them i know that they're going to be a highly ranked team and i know that that game circled on the calendar always because that one it's going to be so huge for the program uh, so week three this year, by the way, if you uh, if you aren't keeping track, week three we get to see the Gators and Alabama play for the first of up to three times, depending on how the SEC championship and playoff goes. Who knows? We'll see. Think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, Bet Online currently has plus thirty three hundred odds, and I'm just letting you know, I'ma take them. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, as mind-numbingly entertaining as that is, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device, which is how I use them, I'm just saying, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, 
O-N. And as I said, the way we're going to wrap up today's show, uh, just in the spirit of Position U, we're going to take a look at some non-Florida schools that I think have a, a decent shot at winning the running back U, uh, I guess, tournament or whatever we're going to call it. Obviously, first up, for me at least, uh, Alabama. Just Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Kenyon Drake. I mean, Najee is a guy where it's like, well, he hasn't played yet, so he can't count as the uh, transferring to a pro. Josh Jacobs is still very new. He's he Yeah, he's still barely been in the league, really, but Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry have been mainstay starters as has Kenyon Drake. Like Kenyon Drake is someone who's been wildly underrated throughout his NFL career, and I, I, I don't totally get why. Like he's been a guy who he gets consistent playing time, and he's consistently at least above average. So sure, he's not a star, but like he, he's had a very successful NFL career. Next up, I decided to give them. I hate them. Um, I, I hated these are the first two teams. Georgia is the second team that I gave the uh, running back you nod to. With guys like Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, who's still very raw, but I mean, he was my running back one last year. Uh, Sonny Michelle, Elijah Holyfield. And I mean, I don't know if I should count him because he's not technically currently in the end. As you can see, I only named uh, current. NFL running back, so like Eddie Lacy wasn't there for Bama, like stuff like that. Um, but for Georgia, we got Todd Gurley. Uh, I I included him in my list just because, although he's not technically in the NFL right now, since he's not technically on a team, or he's literally not on a team, uh, I felt like I should include him just because he's been one of the best running backs of the past decade when he's healthy, and he's almost certainly going to be on an NFL team within the next few weeks i'll say now that we're getting through the june 1st moves um so yeah i i included todd Gurley there i think they're second uh wisconsin was my third team that i put melvin gordon jonathan taylor dario gunbawale um garrett groshek james white Corey clement they've got a ton of guys they don't really have any people that are superstars right now jonathan taylor very good rookie year but like unless you're setting consistent uh nfl records i'm not going to call you a superstar after your rookie year melvin gordon up and down career as of late and then i mean james white is a more receiver than running back even though he lines up in the backfield incessantly everybody else here is just like a role player and garrett groshek a rookie that has not played a snap yet uh so that that's why but he's on an nfl team so he, he got included in the list so good for him and he does contribute to the amount of nfl talent that wisconsin churns out year after year i put those three as teams that i think could claim running back you um and then i put two teams that are or two schools that are uh not on my list but i think in a couple of years they will be because when we look at north carolina You've got Antonio Williams is sure. <laughs> You've got Javante Williams, Michael Carter the second, and Giovanni Bernard. Uh Michael Carter William Michael Carter the second and Javante Williams. 
of course, rookies this year, but I think that they both wound up in one, very good landing spots, and two, I I think that they've just got enough to at least have successful NFL careers duration-wise, maybe not star-wise. Giovanni Bernard has been a contributor for a- about a decade, and I, I hate how uh, underrated he's been during his NFL career. Seriously insane what he's done, how consistently he's done it. Uh, next up, I put Memphis as another future name to look out for, just because they've got Tony Pollard, Patrick Taylor Jr., Daryl Henderson, Kenneth Gainwell, Antonio Gibson. I know that that is 40% rookies, but um, I, I mean, right now, Pollard, Henderson have been rotational guys that there are fans that are like, hey, he should be the starter. Um, I guess... <laughs> I guess that's an option there. Uh, but Antonio Gibson, amazing rookie season. Uh, he was just a real star last year. I think he's going to keep it up. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, is going to find success consistently at the NFL level. North Carolina, Memphis, I don't know what they're doing, but keep doing it because you're turning out NFL talent. I'm running back right now. In a few years, you're going to really get taken note of as possibly running back you but that about does it for today's episode of locked on gators don't forget to join me friday as we talk about gators in the regional round for baseball and mike white's contract extension and more uh also don't forget that for now at least we're going to three shows a week with the offseason schedule but once again my name is brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. Please do leave a review or DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open so that I can work to make this the best Gators podcast around. Whether it's uh, segment ideas, you want more episodes during the off season, I can try to make that happen. Different sports that I'm not covering. Uh, whatever it may be, I'm open to any and all suggestions. So feel free to, whether you leave them in a review or DM, feel free to leave some suggestions for me. Be sure to check out Locked On Saints, hosted by Ross Jackson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I mentioned him earlier in the show, so screw it. Why not shout him out here too? Love him. He's also got what I think is my favorite NFL show for a team that isn't my favorite team, which is the New York Giants. Um... Yeah, he he just does an awesome job there with Lockdown Saints. Honestly, listening to Lockdown Saints is how I started listening to Lockdown Giants. Get all the sports news you need in 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Peter frequently brings in our local experts to cover all the things going on in the sports world today.